Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Thursday. Coming to you live from our studio here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress, our intern Drew Behenna is in the house hanging out with us as well as we've got a loaded show planned for you here today on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. In a half hour, Andy Bertram, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, will be on our radio show to talk about Tiger Talk a little bit later tonight. He will also discuss uh, the start of the women's basketball season, men's basketball in an exhibition last night against Alabama Huntsville. Auburn football gets set to take on Mississippi State. So tons of topics to discuss with Andy Bertram a little bit later in the program. Uh, At 5.15, Zach Blackerby will be a part of the show. He's the host of the Locked on Auburn podcast. We'll talk about the crazy week that it's been for Auburn football. Again, trying to find out who that next head football coach is going to be for the Auburn Tigers. We'll have birthdays in sports and a nightly TV guide and then remember tonight starts a women's basketball season and there actually is radio coverage for women's basketball at 7 o'clock tip off FM Talk 93.9 Britt Bowen and Dr. Larry Deshera have your coverage of Auburn women's hoops. So tons to get into we will hear from the head football coach of the Auburn Tigers the interim head coach that is Cadillac Williams a little bit later in the program as he sat down and spoke with Andy Burcham. So we'll hear that uh, in the second hour of our show here today. Tons to get into. Let's get off and running. I'm here with Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress, and Drew Behenna. Brant, how are you? I'm fantastic, man. Uh, Happy to be here. Excited that we've got Auburn basketball back. Uh, Can't wait wait for that season to get in full swing. Starts on Monday. Uh, And, uh, you know, football, the head coaching search continues. We're going to be talking about this for a while. The next four weeks will largely be dominated by this but also Auburn's got four more games to play they got Mississippi State coming up on Saturday and and Cadillac Williams you know Cadillac Williams was my first favorite Auburn football player ever my first memory of Auburn football is him going 80 yards in the Iron Bowl on the first play that's legitimately that is the first memory I have of being an Auburn fan and that was yeah and now he's the head coach of the Auburn Tigers and that that's really that's a cool thing for me to watch it's all coming full circle and you know I'm really happy for Cadillac Uh, he seems to really be appreciating this opportunity and I hope he gets a chance to show off a little bit but yeah a lot to talk about and uh I can't wait to get into it. We can only imagine how he's feeling about all of this, the the kind of excitement that's happening, taking over this program. Again, you'll hear an exclusive interview that he had with Andy Bertram. It's on AuburnTigers.com and on the Auburn Tigers YouTube page. We're going to play it for you here on Sports Call. And then there will be another interview uh, that takes place for Tiger Talk a little bit later tonight that you can listen to on uh, here. Tiger 95.9 FM is where we're going to air 
Tiger Talk. Men's basketball, an exhibition last night. A lot of folks able to get out to Neville Arena and watch the team play. There was no radio coverage. There was no um, TV coverage. There was a digital stream only on the Auburn Tigers app. So our guy Andy Bertram was able to get back into the swing of things. You and I have done play-by-play ourselves, Brant. And anytime it's the first game of the season, there's a level of rust for everybody involved. Not just the players. The announcers have to get back into gear as well. Andy's gone from the College World Series in Omaha trying to detail for you what's coming on this 0-2 breaking ball to now all of a sudden handling third and seven and where the coverage is for the opposition. And next thing you know, last night, he's got to switch it into gear and tell you how many three-point shots are falling for the Auburn Tigers. Absolutely. And basketball is the hardest one to adjust to, honestly, as, as a play-by-play person. It's it's so quick. The pace is crazy. And, the, and there's... You know, the, you're you're so lucky that there's only ten guys on the on the court at any one time. Uh, but just trying to keep up with names and where everybody is and what type of defense the the other team's playing and is this shot going to go in? No, rebounded by this guy. Ian, it's so so quick. There's no break in the action uh, once everything gets started. You know, football is a series of plays that you there's a start and a stop. You, baseball is. The pitch is here. It's hit. It's hit out the left. Okay, that's down. It's going to be a single, and the play's over. Um, but basketball is just nonstop action, and that's you're right. Getting the, breaking the rust off or beating the rust off. What what phrase did you knocking? That's the word. Knocking the rust off. That was weird. But uh, that that's the hardest in basketball. So it was really nice. I was able to listen to some of that broadcast yeah. last night. Andy, uh, we've talked about it before. Just the consummate professional he is. No rest for Andy. And getting Absolutely to work not. with uh, Sonny Smith and Brad Law once again for yep. excellent coverage of Auburn men's basketball. They take on George Mason on Monday in their first official game. You will be able to watch the game on Monday. So even if you don't have a ticket to Neville Arena, the game will air on the SEC Network Plus. So if you have got SEC Network a part of your uh, cable package or your subscription there, you will be able to watch Auburn men's basketball. And uh, I will actually be doing the play-by-play commentary for that one alongside Joe Champy, the former Auburn women's basketball coach. So looking forward to that coming your way next week. It's going to be a fun weekend for Auburn athletics with Auburn football getting set to take on Mississippi State. And Brant, I know you had another week of another opponent preview put up on our website as well that people could find at thetiger.fm. I do, and I think this is the longest one I've written by a good bit. Oh, really? I wrote over 800 words on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, and part of that is like... The I, words were just flowing? Yeah, I, I break down um, the, the the air raid offense and like what it's designed to do and not just the players that are currently on Mississippi State's team because a lot of people think that, oh, they're throwing it 80 times a game. They're trying to hit big plays. They're trying to take the top off, and certainly they are capable of doing that, but this offense is a lot more about matriculating the ball down the field. They are perfectly okay. Um, it, throwing the ball three times to get one first down. They are absolutely okay doing that. They, Everything is timing. Everything is spacing. Uh, it's reading the defense and taking what it gives you. Uh, and Will Rogers has done just an incredible job of that. Uh, and what Auburn has to do defensively is, is find a way to knock that timing off, uh, whether it's hurry up the quarterback or jam guys at the line. It, disguise your coverage so the quarterback thinks he sees one thing but he's actually seeing another Uh, you've got to confuse the timing as much as anything and that's how you stop the air raid so I I take a second to break down the air raid and what makes it different and and what they're going to try to do and then how Auburn can defend it Um, and that's the type of stuff that I'd like to do in these previews I like to break down the X's and O's of things and 
uh, just just kind of try to to help people understand better what they're looking at. Don't just watch the ball. Watch everything else happening around it. For the Auburn Tigers on the defensive side of the ball, there weren't changes to the coaching staff. That unit is going to be uh, somewhat the same. Jeff Schmetting still calls the defense for the Tigers in these final four games of the year. But it's a combination of Ike Hilliard in his first year as a collegiate coach. Uh, obviously, he's been a number of seasons as a Steelers wide receiver coach. Had a prolific uh, NFL career himself as a player in the standout wideout at Florida. He's going to be a co-offensive coordinator alongside Will Friend and uh, Cadillac Williams, again, your interim head coach. So different play callers coming up this weekend for Auburn football. Yeah, absolutely. And Will Friend had a lot of success the last time he was a play caller. His offenses at uh, Colorado State were really, really good. They they put up a ton of yards and a ton of points. And, you know, I, I – Will Friend, it's so weird that he's been as bad as he has been at Auburn. And, you know, we've recently learned that he was not allowed to go out and make the recruiting trips that uh, perhaps he should have been allowed to go out and make. But uh, he's been a really good play caller in the past. He's produced great offensive lines in the past. But the fact is, it just hasn't worked out at Auburn. Now that he is uh, more in a a higher level, perhaps, uh, he can show off a little bit more. Because I do think Will Friend is a good coach. If you look at his track record, it just really has hasn't worked out here at Auburn. And now we'll see what that offense looks like on Saturday when they get set to take on Mississippi State. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 as all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Give us a call to join the show. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 nine at tiger nine hanging out in studio with drew behenna our intern as well and drew it has been an insanely crazy week for auburn football man it's a very auburn week if that makes sense <laughs> uh, the head football coach is fired and uh we've got a new athletic director coming to town what's it been like for you trying to keep up with all this um as a student fan and somewhat employee it's been a lot um just trying to keep up with all the moving pieces, who's playing what role on the coaching staff, everything like that. Um, I'm excited for this weekend to see what a sort of clean slate can potentially bring to the Auburn Tigers against Mississippi State. Um, We know their quarterback can throw the ball. We saw that firsthand last year. And who knows, maybe, maybe the trend of interim college football coaches outperforming continues and Auburn comes away with a surprising win this week. I think many people would enjoy that if that trend were to continue <laughs> on behalf of Auburn. And, you know, it's 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 awesome to see Cadillac Williams get this opportunity as an Auburn guy. Like, he's got to be so fired up. We heard it on the SEC teleconference. You'll hear it a little bit later in his conversation with Andy Burcham. Maybe they are going to be able to find some absolute magic. We'll have to wait and find out. All right, we do birthdays each and every day here on the program. So, fired up for for birthdays and sports here today. Let's get right to it. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. All right, birthdays and sports on November 3rd, 2022. Birthdays and sports is brought to you by Max Credit Union. Max Credit Union is the proud presenting sponsor of birthdays and sports. Stop by their two convenient locations, one in Auburn on Gay Street and one in Opelika on Frederick Road. It's birthdays and sports. 
here today on November 3rd, 2022. Kyle Seeger is turning 35 years old, the former MLB third baseman who played three years of college baseball at UNC, drafted in the third round of the 2009 MLB draft by the Mariners and would spend his entire career in Seattle, made his debut in 2011 and was an all-star and gold glove award winner. Kyle Seeger turns 35. Carlos Stansby turns 41, the former NFL linebacker who played three years of college football at Auburn for our Tigers. Twice was first-team All-SEC, a first-team All-American in 2003, drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in the second round of the 2004 NFL Draft with the 33rd overall pick. Also played in his career with the Dolphins, Browns, and Bengals. So he got drafted in April of 2004, did Carlos Dansby. He exited just prior to Auburn's undefeated 2004 season. Would have been a rookie in the NFL watching his former teammates have an incredible season. I remember Carlos Dansby a little bit. He's a scary guy, big guy. Uh, and a really solid like, no old-school SEC linebacker. Uh, Phil Simms turned 67, former NFL quarterback and current sportscaster for CBS. He played four years of college football at Moorhead State. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, drafted seventh overall by the New York Giants in the 1979 NFL Draft, where he played his entire career with the Giants. A two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Pro Bowler, his number 11 jersey retired by the Giants. He's a part of their ring of honor. Phil Simms is turning 67. Kenny Galladay is turning 29, NFL wide receiver for the Giants currently. Played two years of college football at North Dakota and two years at Northern Illinois. First team All-Mac in 2016. Drafted by the Lions in the third round of the 2017 NFL Draft with the 96th overall pick. Signed with the Giants in 2021 and has been there since. He was the receiving touchdowns leader in 2019 and a Pro Bowler in 2019 there with uh, the Lions. That's what happens when Matt Stafford is your quarterback and he has no one else to throw the ball to. You lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns. He likes his his one guy. Yeah. He? Kenny Colliday has not done much since that awesome year, though, Drew. No, my friends that are Giants fans are not the biggest fans of Colliday right now. <laughs> uh, Colin Kaepernick is turning 35. Former NFL quarterback. Played four years of college football at Nevada. Two-time WAC Offensive Player of the Year. Drafted by the 49ers in the second round of the 2011 draft with the 36th overall pick. Played for the Niners his whole career. NFL record holder for the most rushing yards in a game by a quarterback with 181. 181 rushing yards for a quarterback in one game. That's a lot. You think Lamar can ever do that? I think he like, could. Like, he would be the if, only if guy that, was, that could do it, right? If, he, if that was the game plan for it, then yeah. But he would be the only guy you think that could do that, right? You don't see anybody else breaking off for 181 rushing yards? Hear me out. Daniel Jones. Yeah, if he breaks. <laughs> All right, I like it. If he he could guys. break a couple. I like it. He's, I like he's, it. A, he's a better runner than people give him credit for. Uh, also turning 35 years old today is Ty Lawson, the former NBA point guard, played three years of college basketball at the University of North Carolina, was an NCAA champion in 2009, the ACC Player of the Year that year, first team All-ACC, drafted 18th overall in the 2009 NBA draft by the Timberwolves, but was traded to the Nuggets almost immediately, played with the Nuggets, Rockets, Pacers, Kings, and Wizards, has since played in the Chinese Basketball Association and the Big Three. Ty Lawson turning 35. Did you guys ever get into the Big Three? Yeah, I did not. 
Maybe for a game or two. Ice Cube I, still has it going though. Like it's bit, it's it, it's got a following. I barely watch the NBA. I'm not gonna watch. I understand. The big three. <laughs> I think they have a pretty big prize for the team that ends up winning. No, and it's like these are legit former players. They're yeah. uh, you know. 40-some years old. Some of them mid-30s don't have a chance to play in the NBA, but fun stuff. Uh, and then Ty Lawson's teammate, Tyler Hansbro, is turning 37. Former NBA power forward and center. He also played college basketball at North Carolina. Was also a uh, NCAA champion in 2009. The Consensus College Basketball Player of the Year in 2008. Three-time Consensus first-team All-American. His number 50 jersey is retired by UNC. Drafted with the 13th overall pick in the 2009 NBA draft by the Pacers, also played with the Raptors and Hornets. Tyler Hansbro is turning 37 years old. That's our birthdays in sports here today on November 3rd of 2022. Happy birthday to you if it's your birthday as well. And that segment is brought to you by our friends at Max Credit Union. Amazing stuff. All right, we'll go ahead and we'll take our first time out of today's program. When we come back, we will get a chance to go to the Auburn Bank phone line. Andy Burcham joins the program here as well. You are listening to Sports Call. easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn this is former auburn football player danny skutak and you are listening to the abby award-winning sports call auburn Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry. A fun show so far as Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap skills and games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap enable to use, and you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right, what we want to do right now, we've got about four or five minutes until we welcome on Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, so we'll take your phone calls. As we go to the phone lines right now, very excited to chat with one of our good pals. Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us here on Sports Call. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon. So I guess I'm on lightning round. You're on lightning round today. What you got? Well, let's go, guys. Okay. It looks like everybody has something to say about who uh, should be at Auburn. Uh, will you name it? <laughs> You're so not I kidding. This one. Uh, did you see what Mr. RBG the third said? I did not see what the Robert opinion. Griffin the third said. I did not. Yeah. Well, he has an opinion on who the head coach or next head coach for Auburn uh, should bring in as offensive coordinator. None other than Mr. Kendall Browse from Arkansas. Which we love. I mean, we, we talked about him potentially as a, a candidate in the same vein as Jeff Grimes to be the head coach. But uh, I think Kendall Bryles does good things. I, I would I would like to see him uh, call an offense for Auburn. It just depends on, on who the uh, head coach is going to be. 
All right. Now, guys, you know, JJ, you are excellent. Uh, and I don't mean this to, to be, you know, just, uh, I, I guess. I was going to say, where is this going? Yeah. Brown nosing you. But you do excellent at bringing uh, people uh, on, on the show, you know, that they're hard to get. For well, interviews. thank you, Steve. So the, 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 this is my wish list for you to bring on the show. I'd like for you to see if you can bring Cadillac in. <laughs> that would be impressive. We'll see what we can get done. And then Mr. Lane Kiffin and Mr. Dion, Mr. Prime Time himself. Yeah, let's see if Dion's got time to be on Sports Call. All right. About the upcoming game, guys, Saturday. You know, the Lions go up 13 and a half. Uh, what, what realistic uh, chances do you really uh, give us, guys, uh, for pulling uh, a win out of this, uh, this uh, game coming up? Brant, can we beat Mississippi State? I think we can. Uh, Mississippi State's not great. Um, they're they're not even very good, but they're not a bad team either. They're one of those teams that it, it's like those old triple option teams. It's like facing a, a service academy and where you know you're going to be the underdog. Your talent level's probably not going to be up to to the same stuff as everybody else. So you run this weird offense that can put up points because people aren't ready for it. But if Auburn can get ready for it, they are a more talented defense than Mississippi State is on offense. I think the offense has shown that it has explosiveness and ability. Um, if the play calling gets a little bit better, if the defense is prepared correctly and executes correctly, which I don't know if they will, um, then Auburn does have a chance to beat Mississippi State. Okay, well, here's what we're up against. Uh, the team is going to be facing a Mississippi State offense at home that has been averaging, hold on, 44 points a game. Yeah, they've been very, very good at home. Good offense. Yeah. Uh, I did not know they were that good. They also lead the SEC in, unfortunately, forced interceptions. Yeah, they've got one guy, and I wrote about him in the opponent preview, Emmanuel something. I can't remember his last name, but he has five interceptions by himself. He leads the he leads college football in interceptions right now. He's got five on the year. And that's not something you want to hear when you know you've got Mr. Robbie Asher on the other side. And, you know, on the road, Mr. Asher has not been uh, the, the best uh, quarterback. Uh, you just put it mildly, right, yeah. guys? It's tougher to play away from home, that's for sure. He's, he's played much better at Jordan-Hare, so we'll see if he could take that performance on the road. He did have a good game against Ole Miss. Auburn ran the ball really well on the road there, so we'll see if we can have a repeat performance. What kind of enthusiasm uh, do you think that will translate? Because I've seen enthusiasm uh, on the video. I read it uh, from the team. Uh, once on I the really think they're enthused. I really do I believe mean, do that they've got to be fired up. How much do you think that will translate or not into better performance and execution come Saturday? Uh, I think it has a. I think it has a piece to do with it. I think these guys are geared up to play football. I don't know. I don't know. I'm anxious to see that. I think Cadillac Williams is a good coach. I don't know if he's going to make a good head coach, at least at this point in his career. So I, it's one of those things that it could have something to do with it. It could be absolutely nothing. We'll see on Saturday. Hi, Mr. Stad Tiger. Unfortunately, thinks otherwise, Brent. Uh, he says the final score will be 35 to 17 which I, I think is going to be a, a tougher, uh, closer game than that. I hope that's not the case. I hope Auburn can put up some points offensively. Speaking of putting up points, guys, I uh, watched last night on YouTube uh, the uh, court cam. I thought we were going to see the whole game, but going to see Brad Law and Andy Burcham. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, thank goodness Mr. Allen Flanagan is back, and so is Jalen Williams. That's right. They had big performances. And guess who else was there? Because I saw it. I know you know it. But uh, our new uh, – Aiden. John Cohen, yes. Yeah, some of the players didn't even know who he was because they just walked, <laughs> walked right past him. Walked right by him, yeah. So uh, I was glad to see him there. Now, guys, what do you think his, his take is going to be come uh, Saturday? Do you think uh, 
he'll be there on our side or what? Has he already moved out? He uh, um, he has already said he will not be in attendance for that game. He is not going to be in Starkville on Saturday. I didn't read that. Okay, well, thanks for letting us know that. Okay. All right. Well, with that said, guys. Uh, and we got to get to Andy Burcham. We appreciate yeah, it, Steve. golf team is number one. Number Keep one it up. In the country. Keep it up. All right. With that, guys. Thank you for your time. I look forward to hearing Andy Burcham. And uh, I guess Cadillac will be on Tiger Talk. Yep, that's right. All right. And he'll be on our show a little bit later. We'll see you, Steve. Talk to you tomorrow. War Eagle, guys. War Eagle. Retired War Damn Steve joins us here on Sports Call right there. We'll take our next commercial break. On the other side of this break, Andy Burcham joins Sports Call next. WTGZ Tiger 95.9. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. Right now, I've got Brant Daughtry here with me inside the studio, and we're having fun on this Thursday. The week's flying by. Uh, The month of November is here. It's been a very eventful week in the life of Auburn Athletics, and uh, here we are getting set for a game against Mississippi State on Saturday and the start of the men's basketball season next week. Women's hoops with an exhibition a little bit later tonight. I mean, it's a busy time of year, Brant. Busy, busy, busy. It absolutely is, and you know what? It's it's one of the best times of year. Football season is towards its end. We're about to get basketball season. Baseball's not too far in the future, so it's a wonderful time to be an Auburn Tiger. So uh, let's uh, let's have a great conversation here by going to our Auburn Bank phone line and bringing on the radio play-by-play voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, who's kind enough to join us here on Sports Call today. Andy, we appreciate the time. How are you uh, enjoying this busy time? Uh, it has been very busy. This has been a, a unique week uh, for me. It's one of two times since I've been covering Auburn where we're covering a coaching change for football in the middle of the season. Of course, it happened back um, at the end in 1998 when Terry Bowden stepped down and Brother Oliver took, took, took over on an interim basis. And it happens again in 2022 as Brian Harson is let go. And Carnell Williams is in as Auburn's interim head coach. So it's, it's a unique week. Uh, you add the addition of John Cohen as Auburn's athletic director and the start of men's and women's basketball with their exhibition games. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit uh, busy to be sure on the planes. It's fun. It's it's creating a, a good conversation for us, and and now we've got so many things to be able to talk about with you. And and why don't we start with, with Mr. John Cohen, the new athletic director? What do you know about him, Andy? I know you've done baseball for so many years on the play-by-play side of things. You're well aware of his career there in dugouts across the SEC. But now he's going to be the man responsible for leading this Auburn athletic department. Well, he he's. I first covered 
John Cohen, of course, as the head baseball coach at Kentucky. And then, of course, he became the head baseball coach at Mississippi State. And when Scott Strickland moved from state to Florida, John Cohen moved in as athletic director. And I think he did a terrific job at Mississippi State. And I look forward to what he does as Auburn's athletic director. I had a chance to talk to him uh, briefly last evening uh, before and after the basketball exhibition game. I look forward to, to his leadership uh, with Auburn. And uh, I think he will bring a great amount of energy and some new ideas to the planes. And it's, it's needed, to be, to be blunt. It's needed at, in the athletic department at this point. So I look forward to seeing what John Cohen does as Auburn's athletic director. What's the biggest thing, Andy, from the outside that, that, that college athletic fans might not necessarily truly understand that goes into a position like being the athletic director of a Power 5 school, of an SEC program, of a program like Auburn, from all your years of, of kind of being there on the inside in college athletics and getting to interact with these people? What do, what do fans not truly understand or not uh, appreciate maybe about everything that goes into a job like that? Now, I'm not sure I have a, a, a really good answer to that, J.J., uh, other than to say you better learn and understand the culture at Auburn. As Auburn's athletic director, football coach, men's and women's basketball coach, take your pick in the athletic department. You better understand that. You better learn to appreciate that, adapt to that. And I think John Cohen has that ability to do so. I think that was required of him at his alma mater at Mississippi State. And I think he did a terrific job there. You just look at some of the, the building projects that took place with John Cohen as the, as the athletic director. And State has improved its facilities. Uh, they are about to improve their basketball facility after building a practice facility there. We know what they did at, uh, at Polk Dement Stadium with uh, the, the outstanding facility that they have now. And there has been improvements to, to Davis Wade Field as well, Scott or Davis Wade Stadium, Scott Field. So um, I, I think I, I look forward to that aspect at Auburn uh, with, with John Cohen and just to, just to see what he does as the leader of this, of this athletic department. So I, I don't know if I have a, a good insight as to someone what someone does that the, the folks may not realize other than you, you better uh, you better embrace the culture of whatever of whatever college you're at. Andy uh, Auburn is making a change in its head football coach. Uh, whoever this next guy is, what does he need to be good at to be successful both immediately and uh, in the long term? Well, I think from a fan's perspective, you better embrace the recruiting part of it because I'm not sure that that happened in the last couple of years. Um, it is something that Carnell Williams has talked about in his four weeks as interim's head football coach, uh, how they need to finish this recruiting cycle stronger than they've started it at this point. So that, I think, right off the bat, that is what it is. And uh, what I just said, you better embrace the culture of this school. You better embrace the culture of Auburn football. And it's different than it is in Alabama. It's different than it is in Georgia. It's different than it is in LSU or Florida. Um, so you, you better embrace it. You better work hard, which we all know that that's one of the, one of the things that, that Auburn does very, very well. And not that Brian Harson didn't do that. I think he did. 
But uh, those are a couple of the things. And then you bring your style, whether it's a, you know, from the fun and gun of a Mike Leach to a pound and and, and ground game. Uh, and, and it could be a very aggressive style of defense, depending on, on the, the head coach, whether they sign an offensive guy or a defensive guy coming in. I mean, you, you better bring your style in, uh, but, but know that you've got to recruit right off the bat. I think that's immediately after, after connecting with the current team, you've got to improve your roster moving forward. How excited is Cadillac for this opportunity, Andy? Incredibly excited, J.J., and I had a chance to, to sit down with him Tuesday after practice, and that was the, the video interview that was put up on AuburnTigers.com. And since then, we have uh, talked with, with Caddy for tonight's Tiger Talk, uh, three segments with, uh, with Cadillac for Tiger Talk tonight, along with um, Ronnie Brown, who was Carnell's teammate at Auburn, John Samuel Schenker, one of Auburn's permanent captains and a tight end on this year's squad, and uh, also we talked Aaron with Aaron Kent, Auburn's cross country coach. That that's the lineup tonight on uh, on Tiger Talk. So I, I think humbled one. I think he is extraordinarily excited about the opportunity, and it maybe it is just for four weeks for Carnell at this point, but he is very excited about this opportunity. I don't think he take. I, I think he takes very seriously. The fact that even if it is on an interim basis, he is the first African-American head football coach at Auburn University. That is important to him. It's important to his family. His son, when he woke up Tuesday morning after the announcement on Monday, and he woke his boys up because he was leaving, leaving the house early, one of his sons reminded his dad that, one, this is a temporary job, which I thought was, was funny, and, two, and he asked his dad, are you the first black head coach at Auburn for football? So uh, I think that's wow. also a very important aspect in, in this. But uh, listen, Cadillac's going to do the very, very best job he can for this team and for this program for the, for the, for the final four games of this season. Andy Burcham's here with us, the voice of the Auburn Tigers. Uh, you can listen to uh, Auburn football on Saturday on FM Talk 93.9 with Cadillac Williams running the sidelines as uh, the interim head football coach. Basketball, though, uh, exhibition last night against Alabama Huntsville. What stood out to you, Andy? I like the way Auburn played defensively last night. I liked the intensity of this team. I liked the depth of this team, and that was without Chance Westry, who was still recovering from knee surgery. Hopefully we get him back in a couple of weeks or in within the next couple of weeks because he is a he's a, a special talent at six foot six and can play the one, two, or the three, and will give Auburn better shooting. With that in mind, Auburn's got to do a better job of shooting free throws, which it did in the second half, but shooting three pointers, which it did not do particularly well after a pretty hot start in last night's game. I like the way Auburn rebounded last night. I like the way some of the new guy, newcomers played. Denai Broom, uh, Yohan Treor, and uh, Trey Donaldson, I thought, all had good debuts in an Auburn uniform. Of course, it won't count because it was an exhibition game. But I thought it was an encouraging thing to, to watch Auburn last night. And it begins, of course, in the record books on Monday evening when the Tigers play host to George Mason at Neville Arena. We'll have that call for you right here on FM Talk 93.9 starting at 6.30 on Monday. I thought it was an encouraging outing. 
I look forward to seeing what the Auburn women do tonight against Tuskegee, JJ. Should be fun. Yeah, glad the yes. basketball season is back, and, and folks can listen to that on uh, FM Talk 93.9. It's it's always fun for you, I would imagine, when you uh, know you've got basketball in the middle of the week, flip it back to football, and then come next week you'll go for basketball, back to football, and that sort of thing. keeps you busy. It does. And it, on your toes. Very, yeah, it's a very busy time of the year, to be sure, uh, when you're going back and forth. The, the, the months of November, February, and March are overlap times. Of course, November – men's basketball and football, and in February and March, depending on how long Auburn plays in the NCAA basketball tournament or or the other postseason tournaments, you've got an overlap between baseball and men's basketball. And uh, it's rather busy. You better be prepared, work ahead, which is what I've been doing all day long, and and get ready for uh, baseball or basketball next Monday and Friday. Another Tiger Talk at Baumhauer's next Thursday, a week from tonight, and then, of course, the Texas A&M game next Saturday. By Sunday, I'll be ready to rest. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, talk a little bit about Alan Flanagan. Had that injury last season and never really got back up to speed when he came back. But last night, I know it's just a preseason exhibition game, but he seemed to be closer to the old Alan Flanagan that we all know and love. Well, let's not only say about Alan Flanagan, but Chris Moore as well. Both of those guys played hurt a year ago. For Flanagan, the Achilles, and for Moore, he had lower leg pain all year long. And for Allen, now he's back. I think it's, it's from a physical standpoint, it's the Allen Flanagan we saw in his sophomore season. And Chris Moore had a rod put in his leg down the front. Think of his left leg. I think that's right uh, in the offseason. And both of those guys give Auburn Tim athleticism at the same spot, that three that three spot. And Auburn will get a boost at that spot when Chance Westry comes back from his knee surgery. So that's three guys playing the same position that have all dealt with injuries in the last 12 months. And hopefully they're all healthy as, as Auburn gears up for the, the 2022-23 season. Time's greatly appreciated today, Andy. Always appreciate you coming back here on the program and uh, looking forward to the many calls that you've got in the weeks ahead. So thanks again for being on the show today. My pleasure, guys. Have a great day. War Eagle. War Eagle. That's uh, Andy Burcham. He is the voice of the Auburn Tigers, and he's joining us here on Sports Call. Let's take our next time out here on the show today. We're back to wrap up hour number one right after this on Tiger 95.9 FM. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show sports call welcome back in a sports call final segment of our number one just got off the phone with andy bertram the voice of the auburn tigers big thanks to him for coming on the show and doing that interview with us it was a great time brant daughtry being joined now by drew behenna jj jackson has stepped out for just a little while uh so uh, drew and i are going to carry out the rest of this hour drew i think it was a really really 
good thing to hear Andy say, whoever the next coach is has to understand the culture of Auburn. And he, he did it. <laughs> He's not going to say this, but I think I, I think you and I can. Brian Harson came in. I think he's a good football coach. I don't think he ever truly embraced the culture at Auburn. No, he not stuck out like a sore thumb, but it something wasn't right from the start. And every little piece that got leaked about the recruiting trail, player treatment, everything like that proved that, yes, there is a discrepancy in what Auburn is used to in their culture and their coaches and what we've had over the past year and a half, two years. Yeah, I, I I still keep saying, man, I think Brian Harson is a good coach. He's been good everywhere he's been, but he came to Auburn, and I, I think I think you're justified in saying that he did stick out like a sore thumb. The the guy was just never right for Auburn, and even the player treatment thing. I, I don't think there's as much to that as as there could have been, but you know, the recruiting thing for me is when I started saying we might need to be moving on to something different, especially when that Sports Illustrated article came out and they talked about uh, the high school coaches in the area talked about, hey, this guy, he's never been on foot in our cam- on our campus. And then it came out that he wasn't letting certain position coaches go and take recruiting visits. And, and it does seem just kind of like a fish out of water thing. And Brian Harson's going to get another job. And whenever he does, we think he's going to be successful. Yeah, I, I or do. I do at least. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to speak for you. I agree. I I think that he is a good football coach, as you said, and maybe this really just isn't the right place. I think the the recruiting thing is that's what really gets me yeah. as well. It's it's you can't win pretty much anywhere without recruiting. You can't win absolutely in the SEC without really good recruiting. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, since we also talked about this with Andy, tell me about your thoughts on the basketball scrimmage last night. Were you able to catch that at all? And um, what, what did you see from, from that? So I haven't seen many clips other than certain plays. I, I looked through all the stats, everything. Um, pretty much what he said, Jalen Williams, Alan Flanagan, both seemed to be firing at all cylinders. I knew that, or I saw that Jalen Williams, I think, got into foul trouble. I wouldn't read too much into that. Right. Um, he also brought up the debutantes. Um, Trey Donaldson's going to be an exciting guard, I think. He's very quick. Um, yeah, I'm excited. If if Alan Flanagan looks like he did, um, we may have a pretty good basketball team this year. I agree. I, I think with the thing that uh, the thing that's going to concern some people is three point shooting. But yeah. the good news is that three point shooting can improve. It can improve, and it can also get worse, like it did for Auburn last year. But I think with with what we saw last night, what encourages me is that this team looked deep. It looks like the players that were expected to be key contributors are going to be key. Uh, you know, and, and they have the ability to adapt. Katie Johnson looked bad in the first half, but he certainly but he picked it up a lot in the second uh, and had a, a really crazy assist to Jalen Williams underneath the basket. And I love Jalen Williams, man. I've loved him since he got on campus at Auburn. And I, I think that it, it, Bruce kind of grabbed some headlines last season when it was known that Yoan Treor was coming in and at the end of after the Miami game in the NCAA tournament, Bruce said, "We're going to run our offense through Jalen Williams. He's going to be one of our best players, and we want to center things around him." And that kind of grabbed some headlines. But I think last night, Jalen might have justified those claims a little bit. Yeah, we were shown why, and he he's always been a freak athlete. He yeah. he can jump out of the gym, shoot the three a little bit he shoots really well for a guy who's about six nine yeah exactly and he he does all the small things right from what i've seen and excuse me i i am very excited to see the offense potentially run through him we have a couple transfers uh treor 
Janai Broom. Um, it's a really exciting time for Auburn basketball. Yes, the three was not falling last night. That was an issue last year. Uh, I, and as you said, that is something that can be fixed. Uh, what I read on someone's comment, I can't remember who, was that KD recognized that his shot wasn't falling last night. So he started dishing and driving to the rim and everything else that you can do when your three isn't falling. Yeah. The other thing that I read is that it seemed like every shot was going long. And if you want to read into that, you can and say, ah, well, this is the first time they've played in front of a crowd since last season. A lot of these guys have never played in, in Auburn Arena. They've never played in front of fran- fans like this. So it's very possible that just the adrenaline was getting the better of them and that was causing their shots to go long. And as things you know, progress, maybe that won't be as much of an issue. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, I really do think Wendell probably shoots at a better clip this year. Um, <laughs> he did apparently make one from very deep yeah, last night. I, what do they call that? Like Wendell range, something like yeah, that? <laughs> something like that. But yeah, Wendell Green Jr. Uh, it, you know, and he looks, I don't want to say he looks better. I haven't seen him, obviously. But he, you'd like to think that with that year of experience, he can improve. He can make better decisions. And uh, be a better player than he was last year. And he was a decent player last year. He was, absolutely. Well, that is going to close our number one here. We do hope you'll stick around. We've got two more hours to go. You're listening to Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two getting started right now. Brant Daughtry and Drew Bahena. No J.J. Jackson. I told you he was going to be back by the start of the second hour. I lied to you, and I'm sorry for that. But Brant Daughtry, Drew Bahena, going to talk a little bit about... Who might replace Brian Harson as head coach of the Auburn Tigers? Be sure if you want to give your input, 334-887-3401. Call us on that Auburn Bank phone line. We'll listen to you. But if you don't call in, Drew and I are just going to talk to each other. So, Drew, everybody has their short list. Uh, I don't know if I've heard yours. I've told mine on the show already. So go ahead and give me your top, I don't know, five? Let's go three. Let's start out with three, and then we'll we'll go off the wall if we want to. Okay, so at the top of my list is absolutely Lane Kiffin. Um, Good choice. Proven in the SEC, been around for a long time, still young. He's got the it factor, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a really good recruiter. He gets the best out of his talent. Even when he's not had the best rosters, you still see flares. Um, and... I hate the gimmick that you have to have coached in the SEC to coach in the SEC, but he does have SEC experience. And yeah. I, there's a lot of 
good points for Lane Kiffin to be the number one candidate for the job. And I, I love Lane Kiffin for many of the same reasons. And I'm with you that you don't have to be from the South. You don't have to have experience in the SEC to understand what to understand how to coach in the SEC, to be a good coach in the SEC. But the fact that Lane does have that experience, and here's the other thing, he knows what type of talent you're going to have to get to compete with schools like Alabama and Georgia because he's coached at Alabama. He gets it. He understands what type of crap you're going to have to get into uh, and the type of talent that you're going to ha- have to have. And I, like you said, he's proven in the SEC. Um, if you give him and Auburn's resources, you, you give him the resources and the fan support and the NIL money. Again, we talked about this a little bit on the show. On to Victory, the NIL collective here at Auburn, recently launched a campaign that was going that was meant to raise $30 million over three years. They've raised $13 million in one month, so they're on track. Um, and if the next head coach is a guy that excites the fan base and is really good and everybody gets on board with it, then you've got a real chance to, to, to bump those numbers even higher. And I think Lane Kiffin is one of those guys because nobody has used the portal better. Yeah, he he's not afraid to look anywhere and everywhere and take anyone from anywhere oh, and yeah. everywhere. It's, it's interesting, too. I mean, his running back, Quinshawn Judkins, true freshman, from Pike Road. He's 30 minutes up, 30 minutes up I-85. Uh, but Auburn didn't offer him. And, you know, he wanted to come to Auburn. Auburn didn't offer him. And now he's gone to Ole Miss, and he's kind of a... Tearing things up. He's just tearing things up. And part of that is the offense that Ole Miss is running. But also, he's looked really, really good in it. And also has gotten some Heisman discussion. I don't think he's going to win it. But the fact is, if he can come back and he can do what he's doing now for three straight years, he's going to be in New York at some point. He's been really, really impressive uh, and obviously ran all over Auburn. Yeah, and it seems that he's doing that to just about every team, not just teams that uh, are having some issues, we'll say. (laughs) And uh, yeah, he's a true freshman. He's young. He's fast. He can run through people. Um, it is kind of shocking that Auburn never offered him, given that he is a pretty local guy. Um, who knows? Maybe if Lane comes over, he'll bring yeah, man. I feel like when there's a coaching change, there's almost always some guys yeah. that follow the coach. You're, we saw that with Gus and mm-hmm. U at UCF. Um, he'd be one of those guys I would love to follow Lane if he ends up being the yeah. next head coach. It feels like if Lane does come to Auburn, there's going to be a lot of guys who were at Ole Miss who come back to or who come to Auburn. I don't. I don't think you're going to get back uh, J.J. Pegues and Ladanian, uh, Ladarius Tennyson. But, um, yeah, he's going to use the portal. And the fact is, he's going to have to. You're going to have to get somebody in here who is ready, willing, and able to use the transfer portal because Auburn's roster just has some glaring holes in it right now. Yeah, and it's a little too late in the recruitment cycle to uh, kind of go after those big guys because yeah. a lot of those big guys are already committed and likely won't decommit. So Right. So who's your number two? Number two, I'll go with Deion Sanders. Um, talk about it factor. He's probably the yeah. only guy that has more than Lane Kiffin. He, um, he's the only guy who would be who would generate more headlines than Lane Kiffin. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I don't know. He's yes, he's only coached in the SWAC on the collegiate level. But I mean, is there someone who's actively coaching in college football that knows the defense better than Deion Sanders? <laughs> Um, probably not. He's one of the best defensive players of all time. And I think that 
his recruiting would be incredible. I think his use of NIL would be even more incredible. Oh, yeah. He would get his players paid. And he would get Auburn a top three class by next year. Yeah. And if if he had any any measure of success. Yeah, and I, I'm one to believe that he will. What he's done at Jackson State is just absolutely phenomenal. It's very impressive. Yeah. It's very impressive. It's You and I were talking about it earlier. Deion Sanders is the ultimate gamble because you have no idea – if he's ever going to work out. He's one of those things, it's one of those things where if it hits, it hits so big. You get great recruiting classes. He's able to bring his offense and his defense and his guys, and it it translates from Jackson State to Auburn. And that's such a massive bump. Um, but if it translates, it works. But if it doesn't, you know, that's that's been my thing with Dion. Everybody wants Dion, and I understand why, and I would not be upset with Dion at all. The reason I'm I'm going to practice caution is because, like you said, he's he's coached at the SWAC for three years. That is his college coaching experience. Um, it, and, you know, oh, look, he's built a program. He's being really good at this smaller level. Maybe he can come to Auburn and do the same thing. Well, we said the same thing about Brian Harson. Yeah. And, and obviously that hasn't worked out, and now he's hit the road, and we're looking for his replacement. So I'm not saying that Deion Sanders is going to fail the same way Brian Harson did. I think Deion Sanders would come in and either – adjust to the culture or adjust the culture to him uh, because he has a big enough personality to do that. But uh, Deion Sanders is, he's the boomer bust hire in this, in this carousel, I think. Yeah, absolutely. There is, there is the biggest risk probably out of any of the head coaches that are on the radar, at least right now. Um, But potentially the biggest reward as well. You, you really don't know what we would get, but it's a gamble that I think a lot of Auburn fans are, pretty willing to take right oh, now. Oh yeah, they're the average fan that I have seen that I have interacted with really wants Deion Sanders. He's he's their first choice. Yeah, uh, and I think the the ones the other name that people would say there is Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Those two seem to be for the fan base at least the favorites and if you believe the reporting Auburn really Auburn's first choice is Lane Kiffin. So if the fan base and the school end up lining up, that's probably a good recipe for success if you can get Lane Kiffin in here. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, It'd be so much fun to cover. Like, just yeah. not like as an Auburn fan, I want him to come because I think he's going to be a really good football coach. As a member of the media, ever getting a chance to interact with Lane Kiffin would just be awesome. He's he's the one non Auburn, non pro sport coach that I follow on Twitter, and um, <laughs> it's been awesome the whole time. He's he's a meme guy you could say and he's in touch he would fit in with auburn twitter so well yeah exactly that that seems like a match made in heaven um get those doesn't make you a good football coach but no it doesn't but it would make for some interesting chat rooms at the very worst absolutely (laughs) all right here's your number three number three i'm in between uh, i don't want to say hugh freeze so i'm gonna say matt rule matt rule okay yeah just because he's a program turner arounder I guess um, <laughs> we've seen what he can do coming into a program that's not in the best spot right now, or that's not in the best spot. Um, Temple, Baylor, yes, a lot of Panthers fans on the professional level were very happy to see him go, but I wouldn't read yeah. too far there, into that. There are a the, lot of guys that just are not built to handle the NFL yeah. and just handle college better. Yeah. Urban Meyer, as much as I don't want Urban Meyer, was a very good college football coach. Um, Lane Kiffin, or not Lane Kiffin, well, yes, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin had a stint with the Oakland Raiders that was a disaster. Um, Nick, Nick Saban, Saban yeah. uh, famously with the Miami Dolphins, was a, was a tragedy. So there's just some guys. 
that are built for college football that will not ever make it in the NFL. And I, th- I think you can say that there are a lot of guys in the NFL who wouldn't do well in college. Like yeah. I, Mike Tomlin's name keeps getting thrown around for college jobs. One, he's never going to take one. Two, I don't know how good he would do because he's too much of a hands-off kind of leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, there are some guys whose coaching mentality, coaching style are built for one or the other. And maybe Matt Rule is that guy. He, The Panthers did struggle the past few years. But I don't think that that was solely because of Matt Rule. I don't think it was a coaching philosophy or anything like that that really dug them into the ground. It's poor rosters, depth issues, yeah. all that type of and stuff. And a lot, a lot of that is his fault. But certainly, you know, when you come, when you're dealing with recruiting rather than straight up roster management, signing free players for and, millions yeah, of dollars, and drafting, exactly. and, you know, there's there's a lot. The, the roster management in the pro level is a lot different than that in the college level, and it seems like Matt Rule is better at what he does in college. Yeah, yeah. He's been a good change of pace just about everywhere he's been. Save the Panthers. Yeah. Tell me what you think about, uh, and this is a guy that I would rather have a couple of people say no first, but I'm a big fan of what Jeff Grimes has been able to do at BYU and Baylor, and obviously he coached here at Auburn for a while. Um, and I have numbers to back this up. I'll get them in the next segment. But what are, you, what are your thoughts on Jeff Grimes before we head to our first break of the hour? Um, I'm not the most familiar, but what I do know is that he's had success recently where he's been. Um, what, was, what was the Auburn view of him when he was at Auburn? Uh, he was great as an O-line coach at Auburn. He was, uh, he was the O-line coach in 2010. Obviously, that, nas- that team focused on Cam Newton, and rightfully so, but that offensive line set a ton of records. Michael Dyer as a true freshman, set a ton of Auburn freshman records, and that offensive line was really good. And then, obviously, you had that offensive line in 2013. He did not coach those guys during that season, but he recruited them. He developed them before leaving in uh, at, at the start of 2013. He was not retained by Gus Malzahn, which was, if I remember right, was a big deal to a lot of Auburn fans that Jeff Grimes was not coming back. Yeah, I, I imagine that would be given his proven success. Yeah. And, yeah, to me... Make- I, I saw a stat earlier, and this is the first number I'm going to throw out. He has coached... 17 first round draft picks at the offensive line position since the turn of the century he's been he's been really really impressive uh in his i think he's in his 30th year as a college football coach so as some of that as an oc some the the thing with grimes though he's never been a head coach does that give you pause at all to an extent but i mean we're talking about my number two candidate Deion sanders (laughs) um he's been a head coach at the college level but it, it's a much different level than the SEC. Right. Um, so I don't know. It, someone You can't just endlessly recruit head coaches that have been head coaches, just like you can't endlessly recruit SEC coaches to come coach SEC teams. There has to be a break in the cycle, and maybe he would be the right guy. Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze maybe, Deion Sanders, Jeff Grimes, all names that we have heard connected by media or fans in some way to the Auburn head coaching position. We've got to wait four weeks to figure that out, but for right now, we're going to take a quick timeout and be back. You are listening to Sports Call, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Follow us on tweeters. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
Welcome back. Sports call here on the Tiger 95.9. If you want to, give us a call at 334-887-3401. Auburn Bank phone line is wide open. If you want to call in and give your thoughts on who Auburn should hire as the next head coach, what Auburn's going to do against Mississippi State, or anything else. If you just want to talk about, I don't know, you want to talk about basketball? We had a basketball game last night. That was pretty interesting. I said beforehand that uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Jeff Grimes and why I like him as a coach. And if Auburn is not able to land one of the bigger names, um, with the direct why they might go in the direction of Jeff Grimes. So Jeff Grimes, everybody knows he was at Auburn during the national championship season. From Auburn, he goes to Virginia Tech. He's there for a year. And then he gets hired at LSU. Um this is during the Leonard Fournette years. During the during the years of Leonard Fournette absolutely dominating the SEC, the offensive line coach is Jeff Grimes at LSU. After LSU, he goes to BYU as the offensive coordinator, and he turns three-star Zach Wilson into, I think, the number three overall pick in that next year's draft. So uh, a very, very productive tenure for him there at BYU. And then last year, he gets his first season at Baylor, they go from one of the worst offenses in college football to, I think, the 30th best or something like that. And they ended up winning the Big 12. They were top, um, uh, after, And this year, they're averaging 38 points a game. Uh, and he has coached in his career 17 first-rounders on the offensive line since the year 2000. So Jeff Grimes is not my first pick, but it is an easy pick. The guy likes Auburn. He wanted to stay in Auburn um, when Gus Malzahn got here and Gus did not retain him. At least that's the story, that uh, the way I understand it. Um, but Jeff Grimes is a pretty good football coach. He's been a really good play caller since he took over offensive coordinator duties. So uh, Jeff Grimes, a legitimate option. And like we've talked about, a guy who understands the culture of Auburn, Drew, and a guy who has done this before knows what it takes to win in this conference. Yeah, um, the more you're telling me about him, the more I'm uh, getting sold on him. And he'd probably be cheaper than... Um, he would definitely be cheaper. But, well, it, that's the other thing. I think Auburn is putting out there... They're not They're not afraid to throw cash around. Yeah. No, that that's proven. I mean, we didn't skimp Brian Harson any money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, I think he could... That is... I don't want to say the safe option, but maybe the... It's the easiest option. Yeah, the easiest, the fail-safe, per se. And as maybe the smallest or most less known name out of all of the options he auburn could be the right landing spot for yeah. him people don't know who he is, who he is in the way that they know who lane kiffin or Deion sanders is but he has been a really good recruiter everywhere he's been uh, and he's he's produced great offensive lines over his tenure and that is a position that we could absolutely use some uh, expertise in at absolutely. the moment <laughs> yeah we could i mean it's me i feel like you had a great offensive line in 2013. I feel like that was the last time you had a great five guys on the offensive line. You had guys uh, later in the Gus Malzahn tenure that were really good, and you had a guy in Braden Smith who ended up being fantastic. But uh, I feel like everybody else that you've really gotten to Auburn has been serviceable uh, at best a lot of times. Yeah, um, it's definitely something that we've lacked in. Uh, it's noticeable recently, but yeah, when you point out that it really has been since 2013 that we've had a really yeah. really good five, offensive five line. guys across yeah um yeah i'd be i wouldn't bat an eye i wouldn't have the same reactions that a lot of people did yeah. when brian harson was hired originally that oh who's this guy uh 
Has he ever coached anywhere but Boise? Blah, blah, blah. There is proven, there is a track record there with Grimes. Yes, hasn't been a head coach. Um, Yeah. But like I said, you you can't just repeatedly take head coaches from different spots. Otherwise, when the last head coach dies, we would never have any more head coaches in football. So, <laughs> some everybody's going to be a, a first-time head coach at some point in their head coaching career. So, Jeff Grimes is a guy that I, I don't want. Jeff Grimes, he is not my first choice. But if Dion doesn't come here and Lane Kiffin doesn't want to come here, and I, I don't know, there are a couple other guys. I'm sure Hugh Freeze is going to get a look. I've I've outlined why I don't really want Hugh Freeze. It's not because he cheated. It's because he cheated and got caught. He was not smart enough to cover his tracks. Um, and if you're not smart enough to cover your tracks when you're doing things like calling escort services, are you smart enough to win here at Auburn? And I'm sure he's a good football coach, but I don't know. There, there's a lot about that entire thing that just gives me pause. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, personal issues aside... There are question marks still with Hugh Freeze. However, he's, I assume, the most experienced head coach that we're looking yeah. at right now. As than, far as SEC experience, yeah. I think so, yeah. So I mean, other, other than Lane Kiffin, I think Lane may have logged more years in the Southeastern Conference at this point, but several of those years have been disasters. Yeah, they have been. But we see now what he can do with a roster like Ole Miss, um, who's not maybe a top three or four roster in the sec but they're playing like a top three or four team in the sec he's maximizing everything that he can absolutely well we are going to take our next time out and when we come back we've got an we've got record we've got audio excuse me from the exclusive interview from andy burcham as he sits down with interim head coach cadillac williams we're going to go to break and when we come back we will have that interview for you right here on sports call We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Andy Bersham, voice of the Auburn Tigers with Auburn's interim head football coach, Carnell Williams. As you and I talk, Carnell, you're just off of the very first practice uh, for you as the, as the interim head coach. If you would describe what the last 28, 24 to 48 hours has been like for you. Uh, honestly, it's it been bittersweet. Um, I know uh, I'm very appreciative, you know, Cole Harson and Long Resta. You know his staff guys. You know he he brought me and gave me opportunity um, to to continue to um, serve the kids, serve Auburn. Uh, so uh, develop that bond, that relationship with a lot of guys. You know on staff and uh, like I say, just bittersweet. But man, I I am very thankful um, and honored uh, for this opportunity that. Um, Auburn University would think uh, this highly of me to, uh, you know, have me step in and um, lead these young men. So um, my wife and I, uh, uh, who were alumni graduates of Auburn here, along with my two boys, 
Cole and Quinn, who are future Auburn Tigers. Mm-hmm. Man, we are ecstatic and excited um, for this opportunity. Right, that leads me to the next question. What does it mean to you personally and professionally to be named the head coach at your alma mater? It didn't hit me until, uh, honestly, on this morning. That's why I uh, got home. Uh, it was a long night last night, so I uh, ran out for a couple hours of sleep, but I got an opportunity, got up around 4.30 and uh, got going, jumped in the shower and uh, went to kiss my boys goodbye, woke them up real quick. And uh, I told them, I said, hey man, uh, you know, daddy, you know, is the head coach at Auburn. And he was like, yeah, daddy, I, you know, I, I know you're, you're the head coach. And then he hit me, said, but daddy, it's only temporary though. So, <laughs> so, so, um, so I, I got a kick out of that, but then he, he mentioned something and he asked me, he said, daddy, are you the first black head coach? And I said, yes. And, um, that is when I was driving to work this morning where it it hit me um, the magnitude of, of, of what this uh, truly is and but man I don't you know want to make this about me all glory to God but I mean it's it's it's, it's such a uh, huge deal and honor man I'm I'm ecstatic you know you're the head coach at least for the next four games Today was the first practice with this team. So what is the message to this team, not only today, not only this week, but for these next four games of this 2022 season? The message to you guys is three things that, you know, one thing that I truly, truly want to uh, focus on is, one is the family aspect of Auburn. Uh, this institution has allowed me um, to accomplish many things, an undefeated season, fifth pick in the draft. And all that came through the experience I had here at Auburn in this family atmosphere, this brotherhood, this work hard work mentality, this blue collar, this, you know, treat your neighbors as, you know, uh, you want to be treated. Like everything that we, we stand for here, uh, so that was one thing, it's, it, it's family that I uh, express to those guys. And the second thing is the work hard work part of it. I mean, it's in our creed. Um, you know, it, it, uh, again, um, this place has afforded me um, to accomplish my dreams and goals to change the whole trajectory of my family. And that came through the work hard work that we believe in here. So like I told God, we gotta get back to our core. Then the third thing that I share with those guys is uh, recruiting. Like we gotta win in our backyard, Bama, Georgia, Florida, like our, our area, we have to recruit. Like that is the bloodline of any program. We have to get players in here. And also I shared those guys that they're honestly our best recruiters. By their experience here, 
when we bring those recruits down here and they get to get in front of our players and they get to share Auburn, they get to share his coaching staff, how we unify, how we're together, uh, how we pour into these kids' lives. So honestly, um, just kept it simple with those guys, man. Family, hard work, and we we got to recruit. And um, those guys are, you know, I would have to say the first day those guys responded. You mentioned this earlier. I want you to, if you would, expound on it just a little bit. The fact that you're the first black coach, you're the first African-American head football coach at Auburn. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to those guys that you played ball with, to these young men, these student athletes that are currently on this team? I mean, honestly, <laughs> it, mean, it means the world to me. I mean, you know, I had the opportunity to uh, play in the National Football League. And, you know, that was one of my greatest accomplishments. But, you know, uh, getting this opportunity, is, it has been heavy on me um, because there's so many people um, that have paved the way uh, for myself to have this opportunity. It's almost unexplainable, like somebody need to wake me up. As you and I talk, it's, it's Tuesday afternoon. This is your first week as a head football coach on a college level. What do you expect for the rest of this week with different media obligations and getting on a plane and, and flying and getting ready for your first game? as a head coach, 6.30 in Starkville, Mississippi. Expectation is simple, man. We're going to go out and play good football. We're going to go out fly around. We're going to go out, we're going to have fun. We're going to play Auburn football. And that's getting back, running the football and playing relentless on defense. So, I told my guys, the team, the coaches, in this difficult time, so many opportunities there for us to be great. And throughout all this chaos that's going on, that went on, that we're in, and nobody giving us a shot to do anything, nobody expecting much from us. Guy who just started coaching in 2015, who's don't got much experience doing that. Like, messes old guys. Like, what do we have to lose? So, we gonna we gonna lock arms and we gonna compete. We gonna roll up our sleeve and we gonna fight because you know what opportunity that we get that we are here at Auburn University. So, Carnell, is there a coach in your past that you think back to, whether it's Pee Wee High School here at Auburn in the NFL? Is there someone that you look back to as a guiding light for you, so to speak, as, as you get ready to, to coach your first football game as Auburn's interim head football coach? Yes. 
My high school coach, Coach Raymond Former. Um, man, that guy was a man's man where he poured into not just my life, but you know, those kids that he he coached, the way he cared for us, the way he disciplined us, the way he held us accountable, the way he worked us, and the way he treated everybody fair, but you can't treat everybody the same, but you can be fair to everybody. And a lot of my my ways, a lot of the way I think and go about work at the wise come directly uh, from Edward under his leadership. So, you know, I live my life where I know if that could work for me and give a young kid like myself a chance who Nobody really never gave a chance. I know that um, we can get that done here. Do you have a sense of how much the Auburn family is pulling for you and this team? I, I honestly got a sense. From being a, 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 a player here, or why I chose this place of coming back to be a coach here, uh, leaving this place, going to the NFL, and continuing to see the Auburn family everywhere you go, how they care, how passionate they are about this place. I know they're on fire. I know they're excited, and I know they're behind this football team. Not, not, not just because I'm sitting in this seat, it's Auburn football, it's Auburn. I know that they behind this team and um, we, gonna, we gonna have fun with it and these guys gonna play hard. Like I told those guys, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen in the next four weeks. I don't know if we gonna win any ball games, but that's what I do know, man. We gonna go out there and give it all and we gonna play good football and we gonna play relentless. We're going to work out tail off doing it. Wish all the best, War Eagle. War Eagle, thank you. Tigers head coach, Carnell Williams. I'm Andy Bertram. War Eagle. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. We're back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm JJ Jackson inside the studio with Drew Bahena, Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress. What an amazing interview that was moments ago. Cadillac Williams, he is the interim head football coach for our Auburn Tigers, and he was chatting with the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Bertram. They are talking about the magnitude of the position that he holds, being the first black head coach at Auburn University. 
and leading this team. Final four games of the year. This is a group of players that uh, is incredibly competitive. No one likes losing. Literally nobody signs up for losing. And Cadillac has been thrust into this leadership role with the Auburn football team that's trying to go out there, gentlemen, and, and, and win these last four games. Yeah, I really like what Cadillac said when he, when he said, I don't know if we're going to win any of these ball games. We've got four more. We may lose all of them. But we're gonna go out there and we're gonna freaking compete. Yeah. We're gonna go out there. We're gonna give it our best. We're gonna give it every- everything we got. And we're gonna play Auburn football. Uh, and that's that's what Auburn needs right now is win or lose. This se- you've pretty much punted on this season, right? Regardless of what happens, y- you've got you've got to go out there and you've got to play hard because these kids deserve it, man. These kids that signed up to play here, they deserve a winning effort. They do indeed. They deserve the best effort, and and, and they uh, are going to give great effort, I would imagine, as we get set for uh, the final few games here of the season. And uh, Cadillac Williams, to hear him talk about, hey, I'm an Auburn guy, you know, like I I came here and played here. I know what it's like. I wouldn't be where I'm at without Auburn University. And now you've been asked to be the leader of this football program. That's insane. It's. I mean, we talked to Andy a little bit earlier. He said, "Look, I think Cadillac's as excited as he's been for anything." Yeah. And I said at the top of the show, Cadillac Williams was my first ever favorite Auburn football player. Sure. And I'm excited as a fan to watch what he does as a I coach. Can't wait. I don't know if he's going to be a good coach or not, but I'm excited. Right. Um, I'm going to give all my effort as yeah, a fan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's all you can do. All all you can do in the game of football is give your best. And I think Cadillac's going to draw it out of these guys. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree. I think there's maybe going to be a sense of fire out of the players that, oh, okay, we're making changes. We're taking steps to turn around the program, get it going in the right direction, and they could really come out firing, especially against Mississippi State. It's not a rivalry, but who knows? We just took their AD. They're probably – gunning for us just right. as much as we're gunning for them right no now. No kidding. I mean, those games against Mississippi State over the years have been so wild, so much uh, storylines and intrigue. Uh, we saw last year, of course, remember Drew against Mississippi State a year ago, Auburn had a 28-3 lead. People talk Patriots-Falcons, 28-3 lead. Auburn had one of those against Mississippi State and couldn't win. Yeah, and um, simply put, Will Rogers happened. Um that quarterback can throw the ball. There's absolutely no doubt about that. It's going to be a question of can we contain the air raid um, and what can the offense get going? We've seen Tank start to figure things out, get back to where we're used to him being, and hopefully he continues. Maybe the passing game takes a little step up. We will see. We will see indeed. All right, we've reached the end of hour number two here on Sports Call today. When we come back, James from Montgomery is on the phone line with us. We'll chat with him. Zach Blackerby joins the show a little bit later and more. You're listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. 
To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Drew Bahena, Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress joining us here on the program as well. We hope that everyone is enjoying their Thursday so far. want to remind you, Tiger Talk comes up tonight right after our show and we'll have Auburn women's basketball at 7 o'clock on FM Talk 93.9. If you want to be a part of Sports Call today, you can do that by dialing 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 as we go to the phone lines and joining us on the program, James from Montgomery. James has called into Sports Call here today. Hello, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Yeah, the first thing I'm going to actually uh, talk about is the passing of Ray Guy uh, of the Oakland Raiders. He was one of the best uh, punters in the NFL, and um, you know I I could remember of him actually being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and you know hearing his induction speech really moved me to tears as well. Just to listen from some of those guys that played in the NFL, you know, from the past players that that were being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and hearing some of those induction ceremonies, uh, speeches that they do every year, it uh, it actually puts me in their shoes as well. Yeah, we saw Ray Guy obviously pass away at the age of 72. They've got the Ray Guy Award, which is given to the best punter in all of college football each and every year. So the good thing about him is that, uh, you know, legends never die. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And uh, so we'll always be able to remember and honor Ray Guy for what he was able to do as a punter. Yeah, so with his uh, with his name being awarded every year to a lot of college uh, punters, um, you know, I, I'll probably see, you know, some some guys from Auburn actually getting the right guy award this year or maybe next year or in the near future as well. Our punter for Auburn, his name is Oscar Chapman, and he is from Australia. So we had Aaron Sipos, who was from Australia, and now he plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. And now Auburn's punter is Oscar Chapman, and he is also from Australia. Yeah, um, I think Chapman, he has a really good leg as a punter. So, I mean, I, I see great things coming out of him uh, this weekend when we play against uh, Mississippi State as well. It's pretty cool that he's from Australia, too. He's a long way away from his hometown, James. Yeah, I mean, that is a long way away. But, I mean, we we really do appreciate all of the great things that he do on and off the field for, for the for Auburn University, and I hope he stays with us for another uh, four years at Auburn. We'll have to wait and see what he does, that's for sure. So and Auburn's got a pipeline there to Australia. Down under, as they say, and they're doing a good <laughs> job getting those punters. Yeah, and then I know tonight, I know that we do have a, uh exhibition game against Tuskegee University, and I would say that Auburn Tigers would actually take this win in the exhibition game tonight. You feel that way? 
I feel that way as well because, I mean, these, these ladies, they've been practicing all this week, all the way up to uh, the month of the beginning of November. So I'm just going to, uh, you know, I'm just going to see what they're actually going to do and um, seeing if we're going to actually get a win against Tuskegee as well. It's a million-dollar question whether or not Auburn can get a win tonight. I think they can. I know you think they can, and I, I think they ultimately will. So it's going to be exciting to see that team get back in action. Yeah, so uh, this weekend I'm going to be watching a lot of college football games. I'm going to be watching uh, Tennessee and Georgia, seeing if Tennessee is going to come out on top, beating Georgia, and uh, seeing Alabama losing their first game against LSU. So I have LSU favored, and I think LSU is going to, going to run away with that game as well. Yeah, you think they're going to be able to beat Alabama? Yeah, so I'm actually going to be watching LSU very strongly and uh, seeing if Alabama is going to get that second loss on their schedule as well. And um, seeing, you know, some games of Alabama before they play the big one when we actually come up there to Tuscaloosa in a couple of uh, weeks from now. What about the uh, Tennessee and Georgia game? Um, I have Tennessee favored by 40 points starting out and then taking it. That's like first quarter and then taking it into uh, the second quarter and like 50 points and then just taking it out all the way. So it will be a good game for uh, Tennessee and Georgia as well. Wow, yeah. That's how you feel. Yeah, yeah so I'm just trying to see who's going to actually uh, make it to the bowl season. And uh, bowl season is right around the corner. So I got a lot of uh, football games I'm going to be watching and – um, I have a couple of games I'm actually watching tonight uh, for uh, the MAC uh, division uh, tonight, and uh, seeing if somebody might make it to uh, make it to Montgomery uh, in December as well. So I got I got Appalachian State favorite to win, and um, you know seeing if they're going to make it. You know I think they got a good chance tonight yeah. of winning it. App State has played in that Camellia Bowl before. All right, NFL, we've got Thursday night football tonight. The Eagles and the Texans. Yes, I have the Houston Texans actually beating the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow, the Eagles haven't lost a game at all this year. But you think the Texans can get it done? Yes, I think the Houston Texans will get it done uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. And, I mean, this is something that the Houston Texans have – have been circling on their calendar for a long time. And then after this game, they play the next uh, game will be next weekend. They'll be playing against uh, Cleveland. So uh, a huge toss-up with uh, Deshaun Watson. I don't know if he will be back before that game. So that's still up in the air. Um, You know, with the NFL reporters are saying that – that Deshaun Watson is going to play, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah, he's still suspended. He won't be able to play next week. He's still yeah, got to so wait a little bit longer. Yeah, so they were just trying to see if he was going to play against his former team, against the Houston Texans, but I think it's a no-go for, for Deshaun Watson as well. Yeah, next week they play the Giants, so they, they play the Giants next week, uh, and then the Texans play the Commanders. Yeah, so I'm actually, um, I mean, with the with the Giants and uh, the Browns, I, I'll probably say the Giants will win that one because I do have uh, Darius Slayton from Auburn, so I'm just going to see what he's going to do uh, next week and uh, seeing if he's going to give me a lot of fantasy points as well. What about uh, the rest of the NFL this weekend? Any other games that you're excited for? 
Um, I'm actually going to be seeing uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, seeing if they're going to win. And uh, they the play Miami the Dolphins. Titans. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna see what Patrick Mahomes is gonna do and uh, seeing if he's gonna uh, give a lot of points to uh, Nicole Hartman. So I have him on my fantasy league as well, and I'm actually in my fantasy uh, league right now. I'm three and five, so I'm just gonna make it four and five this weekend as well. And team that I can yeah, uh, get that's in, what you gotta do. That, yeah, get into that first round um, by week and uh, seeing if I can make it to the playoffs. And Ryan Lavoy, he his Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing the Rams, so he's at that game. Yeah, I was. Um, I am going to put that game in my uh, phone this weekend. So I hope uh, I know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know they're going to win, so I hope they'll give me a lot of points and seeing uh, what they're going to do. I hope they make it to the Super Bowl in uh, February as well. That would be fun if they were able to make a big time run like that. No, no doubt about that. Yeah, and then with your um, Carolina Panthers, I think y'all are going to win this one as well. Y'all play the Cincinnati Bengals, so it, it's going to be a, 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 a tough win, but it's going to be an easy win for you all as well for the Carolina Panthers. So I, I wish y'all the best of luck this weekend. Thank you, James. I appreciate that. And Drew yeah. is here. Drew is a, a Bills fan, and his Bills yeah. play the Jets. Yeah, I, I see. is he in the studio? Yeah, I am, James. How's it going? Oh, it's going good, Drew. I haven't uh, talked to you in a while. Uh, I know while. you're a huge, um, huh? It has been a while, but yes, yes, big Bills yeah. fan. Yeah, I, I, I always root for your uh, Buffalo Bills, and I hope I'll see you, uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills, playing the Super Bowl one day as well. That would be a great game, especially this season. Two pretty good teams this season. Yeah, so I think uh, my Dallas Cowboys, we have off week, so that would give us a, a, a rest for what we have to have to look over and seeing if we have uh, some trade deadlines that we're going to, you know, bring in and uh, seeing some of the new guys that we picked up over the trade deadline and uh, seeing what that Prescott is going to do uh, next weekend when we actually prepare uh, for the next game as well. All right, here you go. You ready for your Mississippi State trivia? Oh, yeah. Who is a famous quarterback in the NFL that went to Mississippi State. A famous quarterback that went to Mississippi State. Um, I'll probably get like a, a easy hint on this one. You just said his name a second ago. He plays for I your favorite have, team. I will have to say that will be no other than the captain of our Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, that's right. Remember, he played at Mississippi State. He beat Auburn yes. when he played quarterback at Mississippi State. He won. Yes, I think, yeah, we did actually play uh, Mississippi State um, with, with Dak, Dak Prescott, Prescott. And we lost. And I, yeah, and I think that year, I don't know what year that was, Um I'm not quite sure. 2014 and 2015. Okay. He beat so us twice. At, yeah, so I was at the first one when uh, Dak Prescott played in 2014, and then 2015, I saw the 2015 uh, game on TV. So, next question. What object do Mississippi State fans bring to the football games? That will be their iconic cowbell. Yes, very good. 
Very good. What do you think of that cowbell? Um, well, actually, that cowbell is very loud. And I actually, um, during the off season of college football, they actually had, like, on, I think it's on the ESPN University when they did, like, the college, the 150 years of college football tradition. They were talking about the iconic cowbell, and I didn't even know this about the Mississippi State cowbells. Now, actually, the the iconic cowbell that they actually have, I don't know if this is a, a true statement or not, but um, I was talking with one of the Mississippi State fans, and they were telling me about their cowbells that um, one of the cows actually went on the field, and I guess they were trying to alert the cow to, like, get them off the field, and I guess... That, I started ringing the cowbells. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it stuck with the with the university as well. All right, and then uh, you know what the mascot's name is? Um, I don't know, but I could bully take a, the bulldog. Bully okay. the bulldog. How about that? Bully the bulldog. Bully. <laughs> bully the bulldog. Yeah, bully the bulldog. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. You'll have to look up some pictures of him and say something to him. Oh, I sure will do that. Awesome. I will actually do that because we do play them this weekend. And I think with uh, Cadillac Williams being the uh, interim head coach, I think we're going to win these four games. I think so. I think so, too. I think so, too. Well, James, I appreciate you giving us a call today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. There's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us here on Sports Call. All right. Let's go to commercial break. When we come back, Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked on Auburn, joins us here on the show. have your attention please ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention we're auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show my name is my name is my name is sports call on tiger 95.9 i'm Britt bowen voice of auburn women's basketball and auburn softball you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Drew Bahena and Brant Daughtry. Brooks Childress. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap skills and games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap enable to use and you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right, what we want to do right now, gentlemen, is go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on one of our very good friends. His name is Zach Blackerby, and he is the host of the Locked on Auburn podcast, available wherever you get your podcast and each and every day on YouTube. Hi, Zach. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm pretty well. How about you? Uh, I'm good. We've now had the quite the week. available on my uh, Amazon Alexa uh, yeah. smart speaker. <laughs> yes, it's a pretty cool skill that we have there. Yeah, no doubt. What have you thought of this week so far? 
Um, it's been great. It's been great waking up, and Brian Harson's not Auburn's head coach. Now, that's been good. Um, it's been cool to see and talk to folks close to the program. I mean, it feels like just a totally different program now that all this energy has been injected back into it with, with Cadillac Williams being named interim. I think that's a lot of fun. Don't know how it's necessarily going to work, but I think in the short term, you know, I think – think it's kind of like a five-hour energy, JJ. Like, I don't know if you want it to be, like, the reason you exist, but I think it can get us through the end of the year, and I think that jolt of, you know, emotion and all that that he's going to be able to channel with his team is going to be great, including, you know, what's going to happen in just a couple days here when the team travels to Starkville. Um, I I think it makes a ton of sense. Do you have a cool story as to where you were when you found out that uh, Brian Harson was fired? Yes. I had just picked up... My wife, um, she works on campus, so right. we were going to have lunch, and then it turned into me being on the phone the whole time. So she was real, <laughs> she was a real big fan of that. So um, nothing exciting. Where were you when you got the news? Uh, staring at the computer here at the office, staring at oh, the you computer, and I, I reckon so. I, I wasn't expecting it to come. Were you shocked? I was. Oh I yeah, was I, I could I mean, not believe I it. I wouldn't have been at lunch if I thought that was like a remote possibility. 100, I mean, you know, because it's, it's a Monday, so we're preparing to go for a press conference a little bit later, and, you know, hey, where are we going to go grab a bite to eat before that? And then next thing you know, uh, the, the email pops up on the com- computer screen in front of me, and, yeah, I was just stunned. I, I was texted Monday morning by, um, by somebody that said, hey, I, I'm hearing it could happen today. Are you buying it? And I'm like... No, yeah. no, I'm not. Like I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> then it happened. I, I texted him shortly after. I'm like, "Wow, you nailed that." No <laughs> doubt. I was not. I was not expecting that at all. But um, it makes sense in terms of you know, you, you got to keep the the kids on your roster happy. We've only seen one player into the portal since then. Is that right? Was that Capers? Was that after Harson got fired? That may have been before. Right. Uh, think about it. Um, and I think we're going to see a few right. They've um, they've got now what twenty seven days to enter the portal, and apparently you get a free another free transfer if your coach gets fired. That's what um, Rich McGlynn told uh, told the players' parents in a in a Zoom call no to, wow. to all the parents on uh, on Tuesday night. So we'll um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with all that. Do you remember where you were when Malzahn was let go? Uh, yeah, I was watching Red Zone, and Andrew Siciliano told me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is great. And then that's happened. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to go work now for the next eight hours. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's funny how we get caught up in those moments of time. All right, uh, Cadillac Williams is the interim head coach. Uh, this is pretty exciting, man. So, JJ, you are the resident expert here on swag. Okay, yes, I am. And- where does Cadillac Williams, among all head coaches and all of football, where where does he rank when it comes to swag? He's automatically a top ten contender. Yeah, he's got to sure. be in there. He's, there's, there's no there's no question. All right, and he hasn't done anything as a head coach yet. It's just I'm already envisioning what it's going to be. You know, we get the practice photos uh, mm-hmm. so far, and, and we've seen him with the headset on already, and it's right. like, yeah, we're mimicking things in practice this week. I saw I Killiard and Will Friend put the headsets on. We're going to start calling some plays, but I see Cadillac preaching to the team standing up there, and it's like, yeah, this is a, he is a king of swag, that's for sure. 
Who are some coaches throughout football that have more swag than him? That's a good question to ask. I would have to still give the honor to Dion. I think he probably um, is number one. But now is it is this is this Jackson State head coach Deion Sanders or is this future Auburn head coach Deion Sanders that we're talking about? I think the swag applies to both settings. Got it. Perfect. Yeah. Do you, Perfect. Drew, did you have someone with swag? Yeah, I was thinking PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck does have swag. Uh, there's just an aura around him anytime <laughs> you see him. An oar because he's rowing. An oar. Uh. <laughs> Row the boat, man. Look at that. Awesome. You got a, You have a swaggy coach, Brandon? Uh, absolutely not. Like it's, it's absolutely pur- not. purely purely for my own desires, Lane Kiffin. But Lane's I, his, got swag his, too. His swag's You're a little bit kidding. different than uh, than Dion's, I think, or PJ's. So who do you think this next head coach is going to be, Zach? I think it's Lane Kiffin. Um, when, it, when it's all said and done, I think it's going to be Lane Kiffin. I think there's certain things that Ole Miss, both just from an institution and from a, a legal standpoint, that can only offer so much. So I, I think Auburn's going to throw the book at him. Just talking to folks that um, have to kind of the inside track on Cohen. Um, if Lane Kiffin doesn't come to Auburn, I think it's because he turned down the world. I think Cohen's going to be pretty aggressive in getting him. You know, Brandon Marcello was pretty clear um, right to the chase right after uh, Cohen was officially hired and Brian Harson was gone. Um, 247 reported that the first call would be Lane Kiffin. We heard similar things over at Auburn Daily. And so I, I think that's going to be kind of where it goes. Now, does it work out? I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, and I know a lot of Auburn folks have really talked themselves into Dion. I think Dion would be a lot of fun. I still think there's a lot more questions about Dion as far as what he can offer as a head coach, um, just because it hasn't, he, he doesn't have a very long track record, and, and it's been at Jackson State. No disrespect to that level of football, but we kind of already went through this, right? With going down to the Mountain West to getting Brian Harson, you know, do you, do you want to do that again? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So, Lane, you want a guy that knows how to compete in the SEC West, and he's done it. He's done exactly that uh, at Ole Miss. So, that's who I think the first target will be. And, J.J., that's who I think it ultimately will end up being um, shortly after the Iron Bowl's uh, done in a few weeks. I just hate we've got to wait so long, right? We're going to be doing this forever. Uh, it's good for content. It's good for conversation, which we're big fans of. However, I'm curious if Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss beat Alabama in a few weeks. All of a sudden, they potentially represent the SEC West in the SEC title game. Does that persuade him whatsoever to just say, I don't care about the Auburn dynamic, or does their result the rest of the year not even matter? Well, the the noise is you can't win a championship at Ole Miss. And if you beat Alabama in two weeks, you probably win the SEC West, uh, which is the best division in football. And so, you know, can can you go over to Atlanta and beat Georgia or Tennessee, depending on how that game goes in a couple days? Um, so if you're Auburn and you want Lane Kiffin, uh, weirdly, I think you need to pull for him to lose in that situation. And even uh, more unfortunately, I think you got to pull for Alabama. So I, I think that's going to be um, an interesting dynamic to see what all happens. Um, what that's all happens that's the only thing that. I'm worried about. Because Ole Miss can win that football game. Ole Miss is good. He's doing great things there. And if all of a sudden they're playing in the SEC West, I don't know. Uh, and mm-hmm. I know Auburn's got a lot to offer. The, the NIL is something we hear a lot about. 
Uh, yeah. I'm just and curious I, how that happens. Part of it, yeah, NIL's a big part of it for sure. Um, but also, you know, we kind of all learn this together with uh, with John Cohen's situation at, at Mississippi State. If you're a state employee in the state of Mississippi, you can't sign a contract for more than four years. And so, Ole Miss. You know they can they can offer them a lot, um, but if Auburn, you know whatever it is, they can't offer for more than four years. So if Auburn can come in and offer, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten a year for five, six, seven, eight, nine years, you know, down the road, how do you not listen to that? And so also he's represented by Sexton, who, who represents a ton of SEC head coaches, including a, a former one, Gus Malzahn. Uh, he's really good at getting money from Auburn, so um, I, I think the I think that's a relationship to monitor too. I think it's super super important. Zach Blackerby is joining us here. He's the host of the Locked On Auburn podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcast and watch the show daily on YouTube as well. Uh, yeah, the four year contract thing is so interesting to me in the state of Mississippi, and, and you can have a little bit more long term security at a place like Auburn. And I've been having these weird thoughts because we've heard so many people say four year contract, four year contract, four year contract. That's a long time anyway. Like, four years is still long. Everyday people aren't worried about signing a four-year contract or I can't have more than four years on my contract, Zach, you know? Yeah, but but it's about if you do a bad job and you are let go, you get less guaranteed money in the grand scheme of things. That's fair. If you're able to offer more, if you're able to offer guaranteed money, you know, for six or seven years out instead of four years out, that's a big, big difference. Just I mean, what if you have a bad year, right, in the SEC? And a lot of institutions don't allow you to do that. And some people would say Auburn doesn't allow you to do that, and that's super valid, and that's fair. Um, but at least, you know, Brian Harson is set for a minute, right? I mean, he got $15 million for getting let go. So um, I think all that matters. I think all that matters. And, look, these agents have a big say in this stuff. And, um, and you just got to think Sexton wants another client at Auburn. You got to think that that matters. Haters would say that uh, Zach Blackerby and I operated on a year-to-year friendship contract, but uh, there are no limits in the number of years that we're... It's a lifelong contract in terms of our friendship, Zach. Yep, yeah, our, our friendship survived uh, you dumping you and ditching me. So, here we are. <laughs> and look at where we are now as I skirt past that one here on the program. You went to the basketball game last night, man. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. They looked fine. Jalen Williams um, was like a quiet uh, 16. It was six, yeah. six from the floor. The guy didn't miss. He does it all but, the time. It's so quiet every time he scores a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he even made the only three that he took and was perfect from the, the free throw line in a, in a night where Auburn didn't shoot well from the charity stripe, also didn't shoot well from deep. But Jalen Williams is – um, super consistent. I mean, he's a good he's a good basketball player. There's no question about it. I didn't like some of the guard stuff. Zeph exclusively played the two. I thought that was interesting, but I think it has to do with Trey Donaldson playing exclusively the backup one. And you could tell he was a four star safety in his previous life because <laughs> that guy is thick. That guy is powerful, and so it's going to be fun to see him slowly develop as a basketball player, maybe quickly developed as a basketball player. I, I think there was a moment there about four or five minutes span in the second half where he kind of took over. He, he, he was a big part of the offense, attacking the rim, which is exciting. I think he also led Auburn in rebounds, which you got to like. Um, Bruce Pearl loves his guards that can rebound and uh, that aren't afraid to, to be aggressive and crash down in there. So, yeah, there's a lot to like. But I mean, like any exhibition game, they've, um, they've got a long way to go. 
Any of the other newcomers, whether it be a freshman or a transfer, stick out to you? Yeah, I think Janai Broom, he, he looked a little lost. It looked like he was um, still kind of nursing that foot injury, so we'll see um, what happens with him. I think Yohan Treor, by the end of the year, is going to be the best player on the team. I think it's going to take a minute. I think it's going to take some time. Um, but we, we saw him kind of have a little bit of a mid-range game. We'll see if that develops. Extremely explosive, very aggressive on defense. So as far as newcomers, it was either Trey Donaldson or um, or Yoan Treyor that, that stood out to me. Zach, talk a little bit about Alan Flanagan. He seems to be a, a lot closer to the the Flanagan that we expected him to be last year uh, in last night's exhibition. Yeah, yeah, he, he was super aggressive on defense. He was uh, willing to attack the basket. He was also willing to shoot from deep. wasn't probably as efficient as he thought shooting as he would like to be, but. He looked much like he did two years ago versus last year. That that confidence seemed to be back. And, you know, he got three or four steals early uh, in the game, which was nice. He, he kind of understood where he needed to stand and didn't really do anything to, um, that reminded you of how he played last year. He dropped the ball once, which was like, oh, no, is he about to get in his head? Then he bounced back pretty quickly, so that was good. But, yeah, no, he looked good. He looked good. Um, once again, it was an exhibition team where Auburn could physically overpower um, Alabama-Huntsville. And so we'll see what happens when they play a little bit better team uh, when it actually matters Monday night against uh, George Mason. What was the turnout like? Uh, it was okay. It was um, – I haven't heard full. anybody tell me what the turnout was. I have no clue. Yeah. It half full, like you half think? Full. Okay. Yeah, student section was full. Lower bowl was probably like 60% filled. And then, you know, there's a few people sitting up high. So um, a normal showing for like a game that actually matters, like <laughs> when uh, pre-Bruce Pearl, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, thank you for the time as always. Always appreciate our conversations. Remind folks about Locked on Auburn, please, sir. Yes, Locked on Auburn, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Also, check out auburndaily.com. We're putting up stuff. Constantly, it is uh, Sports Illustrated's Auburn coverage launched back in February, and uh, we, we've posted some scoop this week. So be sure to check that out, AuburnDaily.com. You're the best, man. We'll talk again soon, okay? All right, love you long time. See you, buddy. All right, that's our pal Zach Blackerby. I love that man a lot too. Uh, he's joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine tech nine. A lot of talk about Trey Donaldson's performance last night. Uh, and again, a, a star basketball player now, a four-star safety from Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah, I he, know somebody from Tallahassee, Florida in the studio. He graduated from the same high school that my mom did. Fun fact, Florida High, or FSUS, the FSU high school. I see that, mm-hmm. and it's Florida State University High School. I remember and that. And I've never heard of it, like. There's not an Auburn University high school. It's just Auburn High School. See, we it's so unique. We also have FAMU is also in Tallahassee, and there's a FAMU DRS, which is uh, FAMU Feeder High School as well. No way. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. I did not realize that. Interesting Tallahassee stuff. Is there a lot of talk <laughs> of town in Tallahassee about Trey Donaldson? Yeah. Um, he was a really good football player in high school, and I think a really good basketball player too obviously but um yeah i remember him when he committed he was committed for both sports and what i imagine happened is that bruce pearl probably sat him down and was like hey kid 
<laughs> you can be a star yeah. on the basketball court. Your future is in basketball. Yeah, but that, yeah, there's a there's a lot of people talking cool. about him back home. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, he's still got a football body, uh, and I think that can help him a little bit in basketball. But also, you you we saw it with KD Johnson last year. He was built like a Mack truck, uh, and that helped him at times. But it also by his own admission hurt his stamina a lot and it made him tired faster and he wasn't able to log the minutes that he thought he possibly could have so he got back so he slimmed down and got back to a basketball body and i'm wondering if that's going to affect donaldson at all but i don't know i'm really interested in watching this kid play um, because he was a very big football player but he's a six one point guard (laughs) which it's basketball and football the fact that you have so much crossover is interesting considering that Six one in football is decently sized, and in basketball it's it's short. I don't know. That was a tangent that didn't matter at all. But Trey Donaldson, I think, is going to contribute a lot to Auburn basketball this year. I'm excited. Auburn basketball wins against Huntsville last night in their exhibition game as a, a good performance overall from the Tigers in that one. Let's go ahead and we'll take our next time out when we come back. Our nightly TV guide and we wrap up sports call here today on Tiger ninety five point nine FM. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Follow SportsCall on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. Winding down today's edition of Sports Call, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. JJ Jackson with Drew Behenna and Brant Daughtry. It's been a lot of fun. Appreciated Zach Blackerby from Locked On Auburn for joining us there. Also had a chance to chat with Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, a little bit earlier in the show. Your phone calls have been great, and we're continuing to get you ready for uh, the game on Saturday against Mississippi State. Drew and Brant are back with you on tomorrow's show, along with Christian Page, the former Sports Call host. We got him back. We got him back for a day, and he's he going to be part crawling of the show. back. He begged. Yeah, he's like, I need. I miss you guys. I need to make it happen. And so we're going to let. And Christian. so he's going to come in here with an intern he's never met, and me, who's who he's met like four times. He has met Drew before. He, you have met. Okay. Yes. Never mind. Yes. I'll on shut the up. Pickleball courts. <laughs> on the pickleball oh, okay. courts, and you've been on the pickleball that's where that's courts with not Christian where I've before. met Christian, but that is where I've spent the most time with. Christian. Yes, pickleball courts are great for people. Uh, we need to get Brooks Childress out there more often. But big he fan refuses. of pickleball. Okay, here we go. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. All right, it's our nightly TV guide, and it's brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Coming up tonight, college football action, Appalachian State at Coastal Carolina at 6.30 on ESPN. Deadpool 2 at 6.30 on FX. Also, college football on ESPNU at 6.30. We have got Alabama A&M at Mississippi Valley State. And here's a movie pick for you. Captain Marvel, 9.30 p.m. on TNT. Good options for you to be watching a little bit later on television on this Thursday evening. That is our nightly TV guide brought to you by our good friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Amazing stuff. What a fun show it was. Drew and Brant, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. What a show it has been. Our thanks again to 
Andy Bertram and Zach Blackerby for joining us on the show today. For Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, and Drew Bahena, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.